We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. minutes a day 365 days a year this is the pack a day podcast tuesday august 30th 2022 ladies and gentlemen welcome to the nfl season sort of i'm your host for this evening's pack a day podcast i am jacob westendorf and you can find me on twitter at Jacob Westendorf. And like I said, it is sort of the start of the NFL season because there are no more preseason games. The next game that we all watch collectively in the NFL is one that will matter. The future Super Bowl participant in the AFC, the Buffalo Bills, will be taking on not the Super Bowl participant in the NFC, the Los Angeles Rams, as the Super Bowl winner from last year gets a chance to open the season get their rings and all that stuff. And for the 11th year in a row, that is not the Green Bay Packers doing that. And that is very sad, but maybe this year will be different. Welcome everybody to the show. Like I mentioned, I'm Jacob Westendorf. I am joined tonight, not by Ross Uglum. I'm not a hundred percent sure what his reason is. I just know it was not a good one, whatever that was, but I am joined as always, not mostly always by Jacob Morley. Jacob, how are we doing? I'm good, man. And uh, football is upon us because there's also college football that happened week zero is what we are calling it now. Um, yeah. Yeah. Nebraska lost. That's oh uh, man. I know I was just actually just going to make that joke and you just slid face first into it for me. But yeah, Nebraska, uh, I think I saw someone tweet Scott Frost more like Scott lost. And I was, I thought that was pretty good. That was clever. I think that was Swanson actually that tweeted that. That was, that was pretty good. Um, but still, man, enjoyable football was on the television this weekend. And I think ultimately that is where we're at. And that is a good place to be at, my friend. A good place. Yeah, it is the best place to be as far as I'm concerned. I love uh, this time of year just because it's kind of like opening day in baseball. But the optimism surrounds the NFL franchise you just, or the NFL in general. You just don't know what you're going to end up finding. It's, you know, it's like a box of chocolates, as they said in Forrest Gump. You never know what you're going to get. You know, I think at this time last year, obviously, people would have told you that the Rams had a really good chance to win the Super Bowl. But then by the middle point of the year, people are like, this team might like suck. Like, is that a thing? Are the Rams bad? And then the Bengals 
barely made it to the playoffs and uh, found their way into the Super Bowl by some really good fortune, in my opinion. But we'll talk about some of that when we get to our NFL season preview show. If you can tell, I'm not as high on the Bengals as maybe some others might be for 2022. But that's beside the point. We're talking about the Packers. It is a lot of fun to be at this time of year. And again, the Packers, they really are like a box of chocolates just because everything about this team is to do. Their identity is going to be to win on defense. Well, it's been a really long time since they've done that. And if you're like me, you're at least skeptical until you see it. And then on the offensive side of the ball, what, I mean, you just, how do you replace Devontae Adams? And that is a, there's that talking point has been discussed a bunch. You know, the optimist point of view is like, well, you know, you know, Rogers now is going to be forced to spread the ball around and, not going to be able to eagle eye just one player on the field. And then the other side, or at least the points that I'm willing to bring up, is sometimes eagle eyeing Devontae was a really good thing. The comeback drive in San Francisco last year, for example, ball didn't go anywhere else other than 17 on that particular drive, for example. But it's going to be fun. It's going to be an interesting time of year like it always is. Uh, we are not going to do a traditional 53-man roster prediction just because today is cut-down day as you guys are listening to this. And by the time some of you listen to this, some of the stuff may have already trickled in. So Morley and I thought it would be a waste of everyone's time collectively, more than it normally is at least, to listen to to my voice. Uh, and as I remind you of a waste of time, so is The Office, the television show. That is also a waste of time, and it's a joke I'm going to make periodically throughout the rest of the year because your fans are cult. They're a cult, and, and that's just how it is. So I, I look forward to the hate in my mentions tomorrow morning, but the office sucks. Um, but I, I digress. We're not going to do the 53 man roster prediction. We're going to do some stuff about the roster that we find interesting. And the first thing I did want to talk about with that is Andy Herman posed a really good question today. And that was, what is something they could do that surprises you? Like legitimately makes you go, whoa. And I remember a cut day, I think it was 2015 when they cut Josh Sitton. That's the last time I can remember on cut day just being like, oh, wow, they actually, that happened. Like, I couldn't believe that actually was something that happened. I can't remember of any, like, since then. Cut day kind of ends up being overrated to some degree because of that. Because when's the last time Green Bay cut a guy that you could legitimately be like, man, if they just would have kept him, they would have won that playoff game or been in the Super Bowl or something like that. But what is something... Jacob Morley that could come out today that would surprise you and be like, Oh wow, they got rid of, or they did that with so-and-so. Man, it's so hard because this really would shock me. It would be surprising. Um, But I'm just, so I'm going to look at it through the positional lens of, you know, places that they're, they seem set places. They don't seem set. Obviously like anything they do at edge, outside of, you know, Rashawn and Preston wouldn't shock me, shock me. Kingsley is going to make the team after that. That's, you know, nothing is going to be surprising. But I think a position that actually is kind of surprised, could potentially be surprising is the cornerback position because you've got your three top dogs in Stokes, Alexander, and Rasul. And the one guy that I think has played well this preseason is Shamar Jean Charles, the second-year guy out of App State. I would be shocked if they cut him, but if I'm just, like, looking at the roster and saying, like, hey, maybe this guy is on the bubble more than we expect, he could be someone, and and let me tell you why. I think they really like the Nixon kid they brought from Oakland, and I think he's going to 
I mean, he was getting reps at that slot spot when Rasul went back to safety, when Savage was hurt. It wasn't Shamar Gene Charles, who you would expect would be the obvious guy that would slide in over there because he seems like he's kind of been the next guy at the slot position that would slide in there, but it wasn't him. It was Nixon. So that just makes me at least wonder, do they have a role for John Charles on this roster? He was not the best of special teams players last year. He's a smaller guy, probably a slot only type guy has been getting a little bit of run on the outside in the preseason. Um, But if there's just anyone on this roster, that's like, you know, maybe, maybe that's would be a, a, a surprise because He's a corner. He's shown some promise in the preseason. He was not good his rookie year. And that that's, you know, he's a guy I really, really like coming out of college. I was kind of surprised at how much he struggled his rookie year. So if there was someone on this roster, as I'm just scanning through it right now, just someone that would really surprise me, because, again, I want to reiterate, I don't think he's going to get cut. But that would be me calling my shot as the surprise which is always tough to do, right? Because it's like, it's a surprise. That's why it's a surprise. Um, So that would be my shot in the dark, dark horse guy to not make the roster, which is a a weird phrase to say. But what do you think, Jacob? Who who would you go with? Yeah, I got a couple. Uh, One is Amari Rogers, and I don't think this would happen. Like I said, he's a third round pick. They traded up for him last year. But I mean, you can make, an argument that there are seven receivers on this roster that you're either are better than him already, or that their upside is higher than that of his coming into the year. I don't think that'll happen, but I did just want to throw that point out there. Uh, one that I want to point out that I've seen kind of bantered about is Dean Lowry and Morley. I'm telling you, man, there. <laughs> It takes so long if you have a bad season or like if people decide you suck, it takes so long for you to shed that reputation of like this. I can't tell you how many times it happens at least once. Every time I talk about Dean Lowry or the defensive line in general, it's like, oh, well, Dean Lowry's worthless. Dean Lowry's terrible. Cut him and save the money. Trade him for cap space, blah, blah, blah. Number one, cap space is not a player and it cannot help the team this year, most likely. And they're not going to use it on anything substantial that could help them. Number two, Dean Lowry's good. Dean Lowry, whether you like it or not, Dean Lowry is the second best defensive lineman on this team right now. Are there guys with more upside? Yes. Jaron Reed is one. TJ Slayton is one. And even Devontae Wyatt. I know he's had kind of a quiet start to his NFL career. All of those guys have had one. Dean Lowry's not getting cut. And if he does, the Packers deserve to be criticized for it because he should start for this team right now going into the year. But those are two guys. The one that would surprise me, and it was I'm borrowing it from Andy Herman. He said that the Packers cut Mason Crosby with an injury settlement. Again, would be surprising. I'm not advocating for this move, so to speak. However, Mason Crosby was bad last year, like statistically one of the worst kickers in the NFL. Now, the Packers have been very staunch and standing behind him saying Mason's our guy. You know, we failed around him. Mo Drayton said that a bunch. But if they like – the, the new guy that's been in here kicking and he made a 61 yard field goal in the USFL. Maybe that's something that could happen again. I don't think that will, nor do I think that it should, but you're asking me for surprises. And that is certainly something that could be a surprise. Do you think there's any chance at all that they make a chance? And this might sort itself out from the standpoint of like Crosby could just Crosby hasn't been activated from the PUP yet. 
So if they don't activate him tomorrow, he's got to miss the first four games anyways. So let's say they do have to activate him or they make a decision. Do you think – what percentage chance, I guess, do you give that they make the decision to move on from Mason Crosby? I mean, it's not a non-zero, right? I mean, it can't be. It should never should be. Even if he was healthy, he didn't have a great year last year. And I think the fact that he's getting older – He's got now knee issues for a kicker. That's not great. And I think the other thing that I really like about this young um, Ramiz Ahmed, is that his name? I can't say his name. Is when you watch the game, where were his kickoffs landing? At the 12-yard line. You Ahmed? Oh, I'm if sorry. They I talking across oh. through the end zone. Yeah, I'm sorry. I missed Yeah, that. he's kick like if you can give me a, I almost think it'd be a rosterable rosterable position just to have a guy that can kick the ball out of the back of the end zone. Because is this special team going to be better? Because if it's not, that's definitely a rosterable position. Hey, just go out there, boot it through the uprights every single time and we don't have to worry about it. You know, and I I get that that's a very simplistic view. So that would be like another reason, but we also don't know anything about this guy. I also think it would be very uh, unceremonial to just get rid of Crosby in that way. A guy who's been a all-time leading scorer in the history of the team, and someone he's been their kicker since we were in high school. I was 16 years old. I, re- I was at Mason Crosby's first ever game. He made a game-winning yeah. field goal against the Eagles. I was there. All right. Now I'm I old. remember Thank that because that was that was kind of when we knew that like, hey, he might be a dude. He might be a dude, and he has been. He's been fantastic for this team. Uh, but, yeah, that wouldn't be the biggest shock. It would be a shock to, like, Packers fan systems be just because he's such a beloved character. You're such a beloved char- a fan, or play, character player for this team, and uh, if they wanted to go another direction, it would be kind of odd. I think they. I don't think it happens, but like you said, uh, when you're looking at just, like, potential holes, poking holes in places and scenarios, like, that's definitely one that you could think of the Packers making a move at. So, yeah, man, I'm with you. I'm with Andy. I think that's a good point to bring up. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's it's non-zero and it's much closer to zero than it is like 10. You know, like I would say that the chances are below that. But I thought it was worth bringing up and at least discussing a little bit. Something else that I think is worth discussing a little bit. We kind of talked about it a little bit when I mentioned Amari Rogers. There's been some scuttle and not just from like random person on Twitter. There are a lot of people, but not a lot. I shouldn't say that, but like prominent beat writers, content creators that think the Packers are only keeping two running backs and using Amari Rogers as that de facto third running back to which I say, I get it because like you can just get one of Goodson or Taylor back on the practice squad. And then you just elevate them from the practice squad as many times as you can until Kylan Hill's ready to come off the PUP list, which According to Bill Huber, he said he looked really good, like running and cutting. That might be something that happens probably sooner than later as far as running back three goes. I just have flashbacks to 2015, or maybe it was 2016, when the Packers only had two running backs on their roster. One was Eddie Lacy, who was injured. The other was Niall Davis, I believe, who had just gotten there. And they were using Ty Montgomery as like a, a scat, or not a scat back, but like another running back. Eddie Lacy's career essentially ended that day because he re-injured himself and made it much worse. Niall Davis was just Niall Davis, like so that didn't matter. I just really struggle with that general idea, but that's really the only reason I'm against it is because of something that happened you know, five, six years ago, and the rules are obviously different now. Like You don't have to sign a player to your active roster from the practice squad. You can just elevate them, and then they go right back down to your practice squad, which is a good rule. You can only do that so many times, but still, you do it enough times to where Green Bay could have that. But where do you stand on adding adding another position on the roster, essentially, and only keeping two running backs? Oh, I'm team two running backs till the cows come home, baby. And I'll tell you why. It's not because I think Amari Rodgers is running back three. I just I just think between Patrick Taylor, Tyler Goodson, and Dexter Williams, one of those guys, if not all three, probably all three, will make it through the waiver wire. Put, put two of them on the practice squad. And there's six weeks of your th- of your third running back by Kylan Hill gets healthy. And let's say you're in a game and you, you call up one of these guys. Call up Dexter Williams to be the third running back on game day off your practice squad. If, if he actually needs to play because Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon both got hurt, that's not good. That's bad. You know, that's obvious. That's really bad. That's very unlucky. And then you have your guy that can at least get you through the game and you can – you can regroup and you can figure it out later because if both those guys go down, you're probably effed anyways. Um, But that's just kind of my thought on it is get one of these guys on the practice squad. It doesn't need to be Amari Rogers and just bring them up week to week until Kylan Hill is ready to roll. Or or maybe one of these guys shows you enough in the, in a rig, in a game that you just keep them up. You keep them on the active roster and you make your adjustments there. I just think that gives you more flexibility right away uh, to maybe roster a position um, that's maybe more important. And I know we just talked about this pre-show, like all these positions matter. They all matter. Running backs do matter. Like, I don't want to say they don't, but you know what matters more than a running back? 
offensive lineman. And if I have to pick between Tyler Goodson and Caleb Jones, I'm taking Caleb Jones. I'm taking Rasheed Walker. I'm taking the offensive tackle that's shown some promise over the running back that's shown some promise because I also think those guys are the ones that are more likely to get claimed. In Green Bay, I know we think that offensive tackles just grow on trees because they they seemingly get two every year that can play, but they don't. And other teams will – I mean, those are the guys I think teams target is these tackle prospects that come out and put good film on tape uh, during the preseason and say, hey – we're the Chicago Bears. We don't have one offensive tackle. Caleb Jones might start for them. No, I'm just kidding. He probably wouldn't. But uh, you get what I'm saying. Like, there's teams out there that are desperate for offensive line play. And so, like, if that would allow me to keep an extra position, like offensive line, like wide receiver, that's what I'm going to do. And the other thing, especially about the running back position, I almost tweeted this stuff out today, and I wish I would have because it's it's slipping my mind now. But I'm just looking at – cuts that are being made today and sometimes it's like hey you know the the so-and-so team cut this standout running back someone they really liked in the preseason I saw two or three tweets like that today every team has a Tyler Goodson they do every team has a Samari Toure they do and these guys get through to the practice squad every team over every fan base overvalues their guys in the preseason and it's and it's not even overvaluing it's just the fact that teams like their guys and if they're going to go, you know, try to if they're trying to put their 53 together, it's going to take a lot from a from for them to go outside of their comfort zone and their bubble to say, hey, we actually like this guy better that wasn't in camp with us, especially a young, unproven guy like that, because every team's got young, unproven guys that they like. And it's hard for them to admit that they like someone else's young, unproven guy better than theirs, because these guys all have egos, these uh, personnel departments all have their dudes that they go to bat for, that they they pound the table for, and it's tough for them to move off those guys. And Green Bay has their guys that they're going to want to pound the table and get back as well. So um, I just went in a really, really roundabout way to answer your question how I, I would go with only two running backs. But that is my, my thought, and that is my reasoning. Um, I just think they can get through. They can get by with two running backs on the roster, kind of play the practice squad game and be able to add to another position. Yeah. And that's something that just thinking about when you're talking about getting through those guys are all healthy, right? And you can get them all back and get them up. And you know, that barring something terrible happening in the next 10 days that Aaron Jones and AJ Dillon are going to suit up against Minnesota we don't know if Elton Jenkins and David Bakhtiari are going to set up suit up against Minnesota. So with that in mind, you know, maybe you've got that extra offensive lineman or something like that already in tow. I'm like that. And like you said, this happens. This is why I said cut day is kind of overrated because everybody always, what we worry every year, remember like the days of Deandre Burrell and Tori Gurley. Gurley. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we were all like, Oh man, if they cut this guy, could he play for another team? And it's like, they got those guys back on the practice squad every year, like every yeah. year it always happened. And none of those guys ended up making it with all due respect, professional players, blah, 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 all that stuff. <clears throat> Never made an impact in the NFL. So and miles white, even who's like St. Brown, he made it through. You're right. Who's the, I mean, who's the one guy, that made it through that another team signed that Packers fans went and looked at and they're like, Oh, they should have kept him. 
Uh, and it only happened very briefly, and it was Charles Johnson. It was a receiver who played in Minnesota for like 10 seconds. He had a half of a good season. And there are people legitimately saying, like, oh, he's more talented than Devontae Adams. And it just so happened to coincide with Devontae's worst season as a pro. Yeah. Charles Johnson's cool. not in the NFL. Devontae Adams the best receiver in the NFL. So T- Taysom, Taysom Hill is the other guy that Oh, but who cares? Who, right. I, you stole the world out of my mouth. Yeah, who I mean, who cares is right because the Packers weren't going to use that guy creatively at all. And even so, like he gets dressed up because it's a cool stop. story. Stop. Right. Even if they even if they were, even if they were. Every single time Sean Payton put the ball in the hands of Taysom Hill instead of Drew Brees was a bad play. Every yep. time the Packers would put the ball in the hands of Taysom Hill instead of Aaron Rodgers, it would be a bad play. You know why teams use gimmicks and all that kind of crap? It's because they don't believe in the guy that they have under center. So you have a player like that. If your quarterback is like Gardner Minshew, or somebody like that, then sure, use a gimmick player. That's fine. You've got another guy like Jared Goff. Sure, use a gimmick player. Aaron Rodgers was the Packers quarterback, and I still cannot believe that I know you brought it up, and I know like we're talking about it, but I cannot believe that anybody was pissed for more than two seconds. And not only that, for all the discussion about like, oh, Taysom Hill, they believe in him, they believe in him. Every single time that Sean Payton, since retired, had a chance to start Taysom Hill. He went in the other direction every single time except for one. And then he still ended up reversing course on that because then he went with Jameis Winston. And Jameis started for them last year when they could have started theoretically Taysom Hill. He's not a quarterback. He's not even good at like tight end or whatever they've decided that they're playing him at now. He's just like there. He exists. And that's that's the whole point too, right? It's like he's not a normal player anyways. And so the Packers were just like, you know what, where are we going to play him in the slot where we have Randall Cobb in his prime or, you know what I mean? Like, where are we going to put him in the back? Eddie Lacy playing running back, or they have those three guys they drafted when that all happened. Like it was, it's just dumb. It's the biggest blunder of Thompson's career. Shout out to my friend, Peter Bukowski. Yeah. Well, Peter uh, he gets it. And and like what I was going to say about Taysom too is, He's he's a fun story, and I think that's why some people got their panties in a lot. It's because, like, yeah, he, he's an ex-quarterback who's really athletic, who added value to a good football team for a short period of time. Like, neat. The Packers were not – the Packers did not lose any Super Bowls because they didn't keep Taysom Hill. And that's the whole point, right? There's not anyone – and there's not anyone at the bottom of this roster that's going to make the difference, truthfully. And, like – I would, and, and I think this leads into what we want to talk about next is like talking about veterans and guys that like, hey, who are guys out there right now that you would immediately kick this young, you know, one in a thousand chance guy to ever be a potentially good player? You would kick him out the door immediately for someone like a Tony Jefferson who was cut yesterday um, to potentially come into Green Bay. And by the time, you know, we're recording this Monday night, by the time we're recording this, or you're listening, some of these guys maybe um, have already found new homes because some of them are good players. And do NFL teams do think this way, like, hey, we maybe really like this young guy, but we know what this veteran is going to bring to the table. And we've seen the Packers kind of shift that way, especially recently under Goody, that they're not going to do the Ted Thompson thing where it's like, well, we really like Ladarius Gunter. We're going to hold on to him instead of, you know, going out and getting veteran XYZ. That would have been better for the team. Um, so 
I mean, just looking at kind of the list right now, Jacob, there's some interesting guys that some veteran guys that could probably come in and be contributors on this team tomorrow. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality. Yeah, absolutely. And one of the guys that the guy I'm going to bring up and you mentioned Tony Jefferson and, and like, I understand that, but I'm, Devon Kennard is one of the guys that was there for me and not even, maybe not even like him specifically, but just like what that represents. And I've talked about this a bunch, you know, the need for multiple pass rushers and just good players to get after the quarterback. And like, <clears throat> I'm not a general manager, but if I like, if you guys listen to this show, the year that the Packers picked Rashawn Gary and uh, Darnell Savage. If you had listened to me talk and like you had asked me, what's your ideal first round? One of, or like gave me options of like, you know, give me like five ideal first rounds. One of them would have included drafting two pass rushers in the first round, even after they signed the Smith brothers, because that made Kyler Fackrell your edge five. It gave you two shots at that. Theoretically, you could move on cheaper and younger with the Smith brothers. Once they got older, like, I am a big proponent of multiple, multiple, multiple pass rushers and guys that can get after the quarterback and guys that hit and sack the quarterback. And like, I just don't think right now that green Bay has enough of those guys. And I know that sounds weird to say when you've got like the top three guys that they have are Kenny Clark or Sean Gary and Preston Smith. That's a really good group to start with, but one of those guys rolls an ankle. And I talked about this last year with like, the edge group that they had. It's like you're one rolled ankle away from Preston Smith and Rashawn Gary, or, you know, one of the Smiths and Gary or both of the Smiths having to carry the whole load. And then that happened. Zedaria Smith had a back injury and the Packers pass rush units last year when Gary and Preston Smith had to have a break, like it was feeble. There was no pressure on the quarterback when it was time for Jonathan Garvin or Tipa Nalaya or Ladarius Hamilton, guys like that to get on the field. It just didn't happen. Like those guys haven't been able now Kingsley and Igbari's had a really good preseason and maybe that's a guy, but I just think you're in a better spot if he's your fourth edge player. And we're, while we're talking about the bottom of the roster and this churning and burning of guys, like I just think that that's a spot where, and it's a spot I've thought since 
they didn't draft a guy basically in the earlier rounds that Green Bay could stand to add somebody that was a veteran at that position. Maybe it's somebody who comes available later, you know, like Whitney Merciless did last year, or maybe it's somebody that comes available now, you know, and you could see something like Derek Barnett is a guy that I've seen some scuttle out of Philly that maybe he's somebody that it gets let go. You know, I know Green Bay maybe won't like him. I don't, you know, I don't know if Green Bay likes him or not. I'm not suggesting anything, but he has a draft pedigree. He was a first round pick, all that good stuff. I just think the edge position is one where you want to talk about getting a veteran, those little guys, you know, corners and safeties and all that stuff. They're cool. But to me, football is a big people game guys. And what's the easiest way to equalize against Tom Brady and Matthew Stafford and Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes hit them and hit them hard. That's the way they would have to do it, in my opinion. So I think they need another guy there. What about you, Jake? Yeah, and I'm just looking at uh, Kennard's stats just from the last – I think he might be washed. I don't know. Um, Looking at just his PFF, not even looking at his grades, just like his pressure numbers, he had 10 total pressures last year, 22 the year before. And maybe that's fine as your edge three or your edge four if you think, you you know, Enigbare is going to be ready for a role like that. But I would definitely keep my – I think if there's a position – that you would want to add to, I think edge is is where I would want to go. Man, I would love it if they could talk uh, merciless back into playing one more year. I just think he kind of he he came back last year with the torn pack, and he probably was like, "Hey, this is it. This is why I'm playing," is because this is it. Um, would love it if they could talk him back into coming out because I think he fits so well into this culture, into this team, and what they do if he's healthy. Because I'll tell you what, I I really really like what we're getting out of uh, Enigbare, uh, the rookie, uh, and I think he's going to be a really nice player. I I think he's probably fine as your edge three, but, man, I would really love it if he was your edge four, right? If he was in that second rotation, that second wave of guys, if they had, you know, let's say they roll out Preston and Rashawn are their two starters, and they do kind of, you know, the Packers like to, when they take one out, they take both out, and they put in kind of the second wave of guys, like they like to come at you in waves if they can. If it was a guy, you know, a merciless type player and Enigbare as your second group of guys, I think that's, I think that's nice. Uh, it, you know, especially if it looks like Tipa is going to make this team, you know, that's a lot different than Enigbare and Tipa. So, Kennard uh, might be that guy if the Packers think like, hey, you know what, get him in this system as you know, an edge three or four. Like, I think we can get a little bit more out of him. I don't know. Uh, but that would be the biggest spot, especially because safety, you know, safety is the other one, Jacob, that people talk about. Hey, they need a third safety. And, you know, they probably do. But also, I th- I think they're pretty comfortable with their stool at free safety if if they need him to play there or at either of the safety spots. I mean, they run they run a cover two, right, which is it, it, in layman's terms, like you've got deep halves and they get, you can find guys to do that. And especially with the way Rasul Ballhawks, I think he could actually be a really good safety. Um, but, you know, that's neither here nor there. I just think if there's one spot that I would love them to go after a veteran guy, it would be at the edge position. I just don't know what's available besides, you know, Kennard got cut today and maybe more guys will. And maybe guys are available via trade. Uh, but that is exactly what I would love to see them do. And if that means cutting someone like Jonathan Garvin or Ladarius Hamilton, guys that they might like. 
Right. By guys that they probably like as young players that they still think they can get more out of. I just think we we're turning a new leaf with duty and him saying, cool, but we're going to go with the vet because we're, we need to win now. So that's kind of where my head's at with all that. Yeah. And we've seen them do that, right? Like, I mean, Ahmed, Ahmed Brooks was a, a Ted Thompson signing, but you've seen like Gutekunst be willing to go get some of these guys. That's why it's not a pipe dream. And that's why like, you know, you look at some of these players that they could add. They're not just going with the younger player because he's a younger player and wore a G on his helmet. So, and maybe that is the right thing to do. You know, that's certainly possible as well. These guys know their players better than, than anybody. So I'll be interested to see what happens on that front over the next couple of days. And I think the one thing to remember that everybody has, you know, kind of pointed out by this point is it's not the final 53 man roster. It's just the initial 53 man roster. And that's going to change a bunch, you know, guys that weren't, there was Rasul Douglas was not a green Bay Packer at this time last year. And he ended up being one of the most didn't make a final 53. Jacob didn't make a final 53. There you go. And I mean, he ended up being one of the most significant players on the Packers last year and got a really nice contract this past off season uh, for everything that, that he was able to Whitney merciless wasn't a Packer at this time last year. Like there are guys. And I do think that, as we sit here and talk about those guys for like right now, I do think that's a position that green Bay is going to like try and improve on throughout the course of the season and find some of those guys. Like, and I think, you know, here's the other thing I'm just going to have you guys do as a precaution throughout the rest of the year, the Packers are going to be connected to any veteran receiver that becomes available. And that includes the ones that are already available, like Odell Beckham or Will Fuller. And Here's what's going to happen. They're going to be connected. They might even say Green Bay's interested. And that might even just include the fact that Green Bay made a phone call or two and was like, hey, what's it going to cost or something like that? And then they hung up the phone. And then it'll be like, they're not really that interested, but they were connected. And then Green Bay doesn't sign or trade for or you know whatever with that specific player. And they'll say they like the guys that they have and they're confident in the room that they have. And that's fine. You know, I don't, I don't think there's any receiver available or even potentially available that appreciably upgrades that room. And yes, that includes the injured Odell Beckham and Will Fuller. I don't think those guys are an appreciable upgrade to the receiver room. Any thoughts on that? Since it's an interesting topic, I guess, before we close. Uh, Let me throw just a random name that uh, I think could be connected to the Packers just because I forget the, what's his face, but the, the, the edge rushing coach that they just signed this offseason is from Jacksonville. He helped develop Ngakwe, Josh Allen, and another guy named Dwayne Smoot, who is a third-round pick out of Illinois like in 2017, who's turned himself into like a really nice player. Um, I mean, you know, seven, you know, seven type sacks, you know, 30, 40 type rushes would be a really awesome third or fourth edge rusher for this team. I don't know what it would take to get him away from Jacksonville. I don't know why Jacksonville would even trade him in the first place. And part of my reasoning is because it's Jacksonville. And maybe they're just like, hey, you know what? We're putting all of our eggs in the Trevor Lawrence basket. We still think we're two or three years away. Let's get as much draft capital as we can. But if they wanted like a third or fourth round pick for someone like that, I would do that. I'd do it. And so, like, that's just a random name. And you got to kind of start getting creative with, like, who you think is available and stuff like that. So that is a completely random thought that I had that I just would like to see. If I were Ted Thompson, I would I would have called Jacksonville and just said, hey, Smoot, what about him? 
um, and just see what they have to say at the very least. Of course you meant Brian Gutekunst, but but that's okay. What did I say? What did I even say? Ted Thompson. Uh, Oh, rest in peace, Ted. Uh, No, yeah, uh, Brian. Brian Gutekunst. Yeah, so we're out of time for today's show, guys. Before uh, we keep talking about general managers that are no longer general managers, or next we'll be talking about Mike Holmgren as the head coach or something like that. But be sure to check out the show. We are at Packaday Podcast. Good Lord. Packaday Podcast. You can follow us on Twitter there. You can follow me. I'm at Jacob Westerf. You can follow Jacob Morley at Jacob Morley. We'll be back next week, probably doing a little season preview, talking a little bit about those uh, Minnesota Vikings at the Green Bay Packers are going to play maybe one of the most overrated teams in the NFL every single offseason. I'm going to tell you why next week. So thanks for listening. We will see you then. happening daily. We're being conned by the institutions we used to trust. The mainstream media is distracting us with meaningless headlines instead of focusing on the harsh realities facing American families. Time is short before something big happens, and that's why so many folks are preparing. They're becoming self-reliant by investing in emergency food storage from My Patriot Supply. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure four-week emergency food kits for each member of your family. Each kit contains tasty breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Save $50 on each four-week food kit you purchase. Plus, get free shipping on Ready Hour four-week emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour foods. At My Patriot Supply, you can also get solar power generators, water filtration units, heirloom seeds, and survival gear. Order by 3 p.m., and your unmarked boxes ship the same day. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com